Get this full audiobook for free by clicking now the link in the description. It's brought to you by The Book Guide. The moment we see something about ourselves we don't like, our attention tends to become completely absorbed by our perceived flaws. In that moment, we don't have the perspective needed to recognize the suffering caused by our feelings of imperfection, let alone to respond to them with compassion. And it's not just the pain of personal inadequacy that we tend to ignore. We are surprisingly brusque toward ourselves when the more general circumstances of our life go wrong through no fault of our own. Let's say your mother becomes seriously ill, or you get rear-ended on the freeway. Most people, even if they don't blame themselves for their current circumstances, tend to immediately go into problem-solving mode in such situations. We are likely to spend enormous amounts of time and energy dealing with the crisis, making doctor's appointments, calling insurance companies, and so on. Although all this is certainly necessary, it's also very important to recognize that these experiences take a lot out of us emotionally. We need to stop for a breath or two and acknowledge that we're having a hard time and that our pain is deserving of a kind, caring response. Otherwise, our suffering will go unattended and feelings of stress and worry will only mount. We risk getting burned out, exhausted, and overwhelmed because we're spending all our energy trying to fix external problems without remembering to refresh ourselves internally. It's not surprising that we often ignore our own pain, given that we're physiologically programmed to avoid it. Pain signals that something is wrong, triggering our fight-or-flight response. It screams, problem, get away, danger. Imagine if pain couldn't signal something as basic as, Finger caught in car door, open door and remove finger immediately. Because of our innate tendency to move away from pain, it can be extremely difficult to turn toward our pain, to hold it, to be with it as it is. This is why so many people shut themselves off from their emotions. It's a very natural thing to do. Jacob was one of these people. He avoided conflict and was quick to appease anyone who showed any signs of getting upset. He just didn't want to deal with any sort of emotional intensity. Jacob was a good man, but he was unwilling to face up to the pain of his past. His mother had been a well-known television actress who was seriously devoted to her acting career. She often left Jacob in the hands of nannies while she worked on various production sets. On an unconscious level, Jacob deeply resented all the time his mother spent away from him, feeling that she prioritized her career over him. If he were to allow his feelings of anger in, however, he was afraid he'd start hating his mother, destroying the feelings of love and connection he felt with her. So basically, he just suppressed his rage. Several years ago, Jacob became depressed and entered therapy. The therapist helped him to realize that his depression stemmed in part from the deep wells of anger he was harboring toward his mother and the effort it was taking to repress his rage. What he needed was to get in touch with his true feelings. When Jacob did finally turn toward his anger, however, rather than simply holding it in mindful awareness, it took him over and he ended up wielding his anger like an assault rifle. He dove into his rage with full force, getting more and more riled up as he thought about the horrible way his mother had treated him. He started seeing her as a narcissistic monster, Norma Desmond in Sunset Boulevard, in short, he became hysterical rather than mindful. Unfortunately, this type of extreme pendulum swing is common when people first start working with difficult emotions.
running away with painful feelings. Like Jacob, suppressing and then exploding with our emotions is something most of us have experienced. I like to term this process over-identification. Our sense of self becomes so wrapped up in our emotional reactions that our entire reality is consumed by them. There's no mental space left over to say, gosh, I'm getting a bit worked up here. Maybe there's another way to look at this. Rather than stepping back and objectively observing what's occurring, we're lost in the thick of it. What we think and feel seems like a direct perception of reality, and we forget that we are putting a personal spin on things. I remember once my mother and mother-in-law were both visiting from out of town, and they borrowed my car for an outing with my son, Rowan. I have a silver Toyota.